Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Stage Coaching Podcast, where I help artists successfully navigate the pressures of their entrepreneurial careers. This is professional certified mindfulness coach Evan Dunn Baritone, and you are listening to episode 77. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. Hello and welcome to another great day here at Take the Stage. Here at the Den Home, my kids and Hannah all got sick yesterday and um, they had fevers and coughs and they did test negative for COVID. Um, but it has provided us some time to try to slow down. And I, in general, kind of feel this need to rush, rush, rush through life. And even though... <laughs> It isn't pleasant to get sick, of course. I am grateful for a chance to slow slow down a little bit, change my perspective on things that are going on, and focus on wellness for my family and for my kids. And I know that we as singers tend to get especially frustrated and anxious about getting sick, but I actually recently coached someone who was feeling stressed about being sick, and it was fun to think about what it actually means to us as singers to get sick. And so we talked about slowing down and focusing on getting well and and all of that. But beyond that, we also discovered a joyful thought that I'd like to share with you for the next time that you get sick. And the thought that you can try on for size is, I'm grateful that my body is learning to fight this infection. My body can learn to be stronger because of this. And usually we think something like, oh, I shouldn't be sick. I just can't be sick right now. This is a horrible time to get sick. And it's funny because if it's in the middle of the week, we complain about it being the wrong time because we can't get sick because of work. But if we get sick on the weekend, it's a horrible time because we're supposed to have time off and to do something fun. And anytime that we're believing that, like, I'm not supposed to be sick. That creates anxiety because you're fighting a reality that exists and no amount of anxiety is going to change your reality. So I'm inviting you to try and embrace a new thought for yourself, especially if you're a singer. (laughs) If you get sick, welcome it into your life. Embrace that part of your reality and try to learn what the universe is teaching you. Your body is learning and growing. You get to slow down and focus on resting and your singing career will continue exactly as it is supposed to once the illness passes. And of course, um, I'm sure you guys can all hear some plunking of the piano around me. Um, Just always a joy to be here um, in a place where there's music going on, and I'm sure it gets picked up on the recording. But thanks for being patient with that. (laughs) Today, I want to talk about a few other thoughts um, besides the ones about getting sick. And these are some thoughts that we believe even though they may or may not be that helpful. 
And so we're going to kind of dissect them today. And I want to remind you that there really is no such thing as a good or a bad thought. Sometimes I have to be careful with how I talk about things because some thoughts serve you better than other thoughts because they help create feelings and actions that either help you to be who you want to be or they can end up limiting you. But all thoughts and feelings are totally options for you to experience. And a thought that is really helpful for one person could be completely useless for another person, or maybe it could even be um, like unhelpful, damaging. So when I talk about thoughts today and always just remember that one size does not fit all and you need to experiment for yourself and learn how to inquire after your own thoughts to see what works for you. And that's why we spend a lot of time explaining what we mean when we give a thought so that there's a little more context to it. Okay, so I want to start by discussing a group session I facilitated And everyone in the group, they were visual artists and they were also religious. They were specifically, they were Christians. And it was interesting as we discussed um, with them because a lot of them, and I assume a lot of you are the same way, have ideas about God or ideas about the universe and what the universe wants from you as an artist. And it doesn't really matter if you're religious or not, but um, you have probably picked up on some ideas from people around you about kind of how the universe works, kind of some sort of spiritual practice, even if it's not really religious. But, you know, I'll just kind of call it God today. And um, because even if you don't currently believe in God, maybe you have in the past. Anyway, it's just kind of an interesting thing that I've been thinking about. And you might still have some of these ideas in your head that are limiting you. So we discussed some things that we thought maybe we weren't allowed to do. (laughs) And one person mentioned that they felt like they weren't supposed to be able to paint nudes as a painter and um, how they kind of had to process that. And someone else mentioned that they weren't even sure if they were supposed to paint at all because they were a mom, they had kids, and they felt like they needed to parent and focus all their attention on their kids and that it was selfish of them to want to paint. And in the artist's way, um, Julia Cameron says that some of us have a view of God as being a miserly parent. Um, so much scarcity and strictness and control. And um, in, it's like God or the universe has a limited amount of compassion for us and doesn't want to help us with our creativity. And maybe that he even punishes us for not doing exactly as we're quote unquote supposed to, you know. And we also discussed that idea that maybe we we start to think that we're supposed to suffer as artists and as people. And it kind of went like this. God expects me to make sacrifices for other people, to forget myself, always serve him and other people, and that I'll grow stronger and better through my suffering. And if you are a religious person or a previously religious person, and maybe if you have no religion at all, this idea might kind of haunt you, actually. It's kind of a hard one to grapple with. And I'm not going 
to go into a religious discussion because I know we all have such differing beliefs. But I did want to share this one insight that I thought was interesting because the lady who had this concern, she and I happened to share the same religion. And um, we, in my religion, study a scripture that says, quote, men are that they might have joy. And I just think it's so funny that, um, like, we're supposed to, apparently from the scripture, we're supposed to have joy, but we're also supposed to kind of avoid all the things that give us joy. (laughs) we're supposed to just suffer all the time. It really doesn't make sense, especially if you study this idea with the lens that we create all of our own feelings for ourselves. It really is true that everyone gets to experience uncomfortable emotions. That's true. Like there's no way to completely avoid all uncomfortable emotions, but suffering is different than having an uncomfortable feeling. Suffering is a feeling that is pretty much completely avoidable if you can learn how to be more emotionally resilient. Suffering, by definition, is when you're trying to fight the uncomfortable feelings, you're trying to hold them at arm's length, or um, you just think that you're supposed to suffer. Um, That's another way that it could kind of look. But and you end up making the suffering bigger and stronger than it needs to be. You make yourself feel stuck in those feelings. You think that there's no escape and you have no ability to change your thoughts or feelings. And that's when suffering takes place. So if you have the belief that you're supposed to suffer, I would ask, is it helpful for you to continue believing that? And of course, Is it really part of your spiritual practice or your life practice to believe that you need to be suffering all the time? Um, And in what ways does it serve you to be completely burnt out, to be burnt out emotionally and physically so that you end up with nothing left to offer? Is that really helpful to you? And if you believe in God, do you think that God you know, wants you to be so burnt out that you have nothing left to offer. And if you really want to be of service to people around you and you want to make a difference in the world and and perhaps make a beautiful sacrifice for God, then in my mind, it's much more helpful to believe that building myself up, taking care of my health, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, all of these things, and then creating an emotional and physical reserve so that I have more to offer You know, today and every day, I want to invite you to start practicing this art of investigating your thoughts and your beliefs. Investigate every single thought that you have, every belief you've ever learned, and then inquire in your mind whether it is actually true and actually helpful for you. You probably have some stories running around in your head. And sometimes the stories get a little confused and end up not being very helpful. And I think that whether you're religious or not, inquiring will help you to be even more intentional about what you actually believe. I know that that has been the case for me. I've inquired after so many of my religious beliefs and every other kind of belief I have. and been able to find more of a core of what I actually believe, what actually makes sense to me. And been able to leave behind some of kind of weird traditions or things that just 
don't actually serve me. And it's made my religious experience actually richer. Um, so, yeah. And another belief, and this is one that has nothing to do with religion, we're going to move on from that, is that everything in the world is going down the drain. Everything's going downhill. And I hear this all the time in several different contexts. So we're going to think about it in music. We're going to think about it in the world and, and just try to apply and actually really inquire about this thought and if it's helpful, okay? So I'm wondering how many of you <laughs> suffer from this thought in one form or another. It can be kind of innocent, like, all music started to decline after the 80s. Music died after such and such, and such a famous band broke up. Um, and I laugh at this because um, someone from a different generation might say, music died after the 50s. And another says, it died in the early 2000s. And who's right? When did music die? <laughs> And this happens in opera as well. And I actually really love studying old singers and listening to them. They're some of my favorites. But do I believe that opera started to die in the 70s? Do I believe that opera is dead today? Well, I think a lot of people have that idea in their heads. And first of all, I would ask, is it true? Well, the techniques and training methods have certainly trained. You know, we don't go live with our teacher and train five days a week and we definitely aren't usually prepared to sing Ulrika when we're 22, like some of the singers 100 years ago. You know, things are different. But it is most likely that there are actually more people interested in singing today than there have ever been in the past. And opera companies look different. The singing itself looks different. The training, all of it. But the next question is, does it serve me to believe that opera is dead? If I believe opera is dead then what's the point of me getting up to practice every day, work on my voice, network, build my career? There really is no point, right? So that simple belief could really be limiting how you work on a day-to-day -day basis. Another way that this thought manifests itself in our world is when people say, America is just crumbling to the ground or the world is just not a great place like it used to be or whatever. Hi, pardon this interruption from future Evan. This episode was recorded uh, before um, the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, which has, you know, officially broken out. And I just want to add one thought about that before we continue on. Um, we're talking about, you know, creating stress in our lives based on things happening around us in the world. And one of the points that I do talk about later in the episode is about how creating extra worry for yourself may or may not be as helpful for you as you think it is. But I did want to talk about how if you have, you know, feelings of sadness, sadness for some of the atrocities that are going on, innocent people dying, um, things like that, that... Um, as long as those feelings are helping you, 
helping you to gain empathy, helping you to realize how you want to authentically reach out in this world and make a difference, that I would definitely encourage you to feel those feelings. And if your sadness leads you to a place where you're starting to feel despondent, and powerless to make any changes or to do good, then that might be less helpful for you. But there is definitely a place for feelings, for feeling empathy, for knowing what's going on in the world. And I just really wanted to make that point clear so that if any of you are experiencing these things, that um, you can know um, how to process them a little bit better. And with that, we'll jump into the rest of the episode. And if you believe that the whole world is crumbling around you and that the politicians have ruined everything and that there are no more good people and everyone's a serial killer and all of, you know, everyone's just a bad person, blah, 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 then what is the point? You know, why get out of bed and keep doing all the things we're doing? So first of all, is it true? Well, sure. There are bad things going on in the world, okay? But is it really true that everything's so much worse than in the past? The United States has had political turmoil since the beginning. I think all the countries of the world have. We have even had presidents get assassinated. We've had civil war where the entire country was torn apart and where more people died than all the other conflicts we've been involved in combined, I mean, how horrifying is that? And the rate of murders in the United States um, hit its peak in the 70s, back when we just let kids roam around. And we thought it was safe, but was it really, you know, any safer in the 70s than it is now? And we had a time when women weren't allowed to vote. And of course, we still are struggling with issues of inequality for women, And definitely for the LGBTQ community, people of color, we are having some very serious conversations about these issues. But there was once a time when we couldn't even have those conversations. And also there have been wars in the past where literally millions of people died and the entire world was involved. There were witch hunts where witches were burnt at the stake. There were crusades and explorers that conquered and and destroyed entire nations. And is it really true that everything in the world is so much worse than it used to be? Really? And what does it look like to believe that everything is so much worse than it used to be? Well, I think that there are a lot of people who have more anxiety, more depression, and less will to get involved and make a difference when they believe that everything has already fallen apart. They have no hope of anything ever getting better. And so they become despondent. And this might be a coping mechanism like, well, if the world's already fallen apart, there's nothing I can do. And and that's how they cope with it. But Do you think that having a world full of exhausted, despondent people is really going to help us to solve anything? And let me be clear. Yes, 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 yes. We are facing some challenges right now. There are wars 
and contentions and politics and blah, 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 blah. The list just goes on and on and on. But to me, it's much more helpful if I think some of these thoughts. And so I want you to try them on for size, see how they help you to feel, adjust them to thoughts that are helpful for you, and please add to the list of things that help you feel empowered, okay? The first of the kind of two big thoughts that I like to think is that the world has always had good and bad in it. It's like this balance of 50-50, like the balance of the force, I guess you could think. And as the world continues, the amount of bad might increase because there are more people and more chances for bad. But the amount of good, in my opinion, has also increased at just uh, as an amazing of a rate as the bad, okay? I think that they both tend to increase in equal numbers. And that helps me to recognize that I can be a force for good in this world despite whatever else may be happening around me. And that is joyful and hopeful for me rather than just thinking all the bad things, right? I also like to try to focus my attention, and this is the second powerful thought, I like to focus my attention on the good things that are happening and the growth we are achieving as a human race. It's like when Mr. Rogers said to focus on helpers when things go wrong. And I like to remember, like I mentioned earlier, that we are finally able to discuss discuss issues of sex, race, inequality, biases, prejudice, etc., And these discussions have evaded us for centuries. And it's more in the open. We are actually making a difference one bit at a time. And that is a joyful thought. It fills me with hope. It helps me to want to continue the work that so many people have put in in the past. So if you feel yourself starting to get worried about the world sliding out of control and imploding on itself, Take a minute and realize that those thoughts that you have are optional, okay? And if you find out that they are limiting your ability to make a difference, then you don't have to keep believing them. It's okay for you to inquire, disprove them, and find a different thought that helps you, that empowers you to make the change that you want to see in the world. And if you're worried about climate change and or you're worried about wars or you're worried about your singing career or anything else, then it's important that you create thoughts in your mind that help you to really feel empowered, to actually go out and take action. If you're feeling despondent, then you are giving power away to other people and then you're not going to be able to do what you want to do, okay? So only you have that power to create empowerment in your life. There's no government, there's no religion, there's no circumstance or individual that creates those thoughts or feelings in your mind. You have that power. And that is another amazing reason to be filled with joy and to have hope in your future. It just kind of gives me chills to think about it. And I cannot wait to see what you do with your enlightened mind as you start to embrace more hopeful thoughts into your life. You are powerful.
powerful and creative, and you have a voice that the world needs to hear. So if you would like some help refocusing your mind on more empowering and more helpful thoughts, I would love to sit down with you and let's have a free session together. Go to evandunn.com and sign up today and let's get started. Stop waiting in the wings. Go out and take the stage, my friends. In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 